Genocide marks the culmination of the horrific large-scale violence that was so prevalent throughout the 20th century. The history of genocide is a long and messy topic that ranges from Carthage's destruction to the Holocaust to the hundred-day Rwandan genocide. But we must not conflate the idea of genocide and mass violence with the past. These issues are ongoing and just as muddled as they were 40, 50, 60 years ago. However, today's culture goes through major historical events like a minute-long post on TikTok. As a matter of fact, social media platforms are often the first place we hear of these things happening as opposed to major news organizations. This tends to lead to such events falling out of the social conscience and just becoming background noise in relation to the latest trend or celebrity gossip. In order to bring light to such a dark happening, we must first analyze why there is a lack of discussion about modern genocides, and we can get to the root of the problem by taking a look at the current war in Ukraine. Assuming you don't live under a rock, you're more than likely very aware of the fact that Russia, under the dictatorship of Vladimir Putin, has launched an aggressive war against the neighboring country of Ukraine and her people. The history of these two nations and why they're at war, much like genocide, is long and complex, and is not the focus of this video. Rather, we'll be discussing the rise in widespread media coverage about this conflict. It's hard to be anywhere online without reading a headline related to the war, or catching a few seconds of Russian fighter jets bombing a city, or hearing of the world's reaction to the war. In fact, it's great to hear that such a violent and evil act, war, is being condemned by so many. But in our society, we need to start transitioning our thinking towards why. We need to ask ourselves, why is Ukraine being covered so much and so thoroughly? Because the answer comes down to race. In a BBC segment about the Russian invasion, David Sakharvelice said this. Me, I'm sorry. It's really emotional for me because I see European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed, children being killed every day with Putin's missiles. And in the United States, we have a reporter from NBC who says... These are not refugees from Syria. These are Christians, they're white, they're, um, they're very similar to... And finally, on CBS News, we have Charlie Degata saying the following. But this isn't a place, with all due respect, um, you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, uh, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. So now we understand why it's fair to assume why Ukraine is getting so much coverage. It's not because this non-aggressive nation is being invaded by a belligerent dictator who doesn't value democracy nor human rights, but rather because Ukraine is cultured, civilized, Christian, and white. It's not because millions of refugees have been displaced and lost their homes. No, it's because her people have blonde hair and blue eyes. But when we look at places with non-white people, Iraq, Rwanda, Armenia, Cambodia, China, Darfur, South Africa, the world is silent. The world forgets. The world doesn't care. And none of this is to say that the experience of the Ukrainian people is less worthy of coverage or that their suffering does not matter. The real villain here is biased and blatantly racist media coverage. We need to provoke a shift towards the exposing of atrocities all around the world and not just when the people suffering match the appearance of those reporting. Thousands of civilian Tutsis were massacred and their houses bombed as the militias left the town. 
In many cases, whole families were thrown in pits and wells. In 1994, for a period of nearly 100 days, extremist Hutus began systematically slaughtering the Tutsi population as well as moderate Hutus in the African nation of Rwanda. Over the course of these bloody days, there was an estimate of nearly one million Tutsis that had been killed. What was the response of the West when this atrocity was ongoing? The United States pulled out every official and representative that they had in Rwanda at the time. Save Carl Wilkins, a hero who stayed and did what he could to help the people he swore his service to. The U.S. knew of the crisis, knew of the motives, and knew of the suffering, and yet the Clinton administration couldn't even call it a genocide. When the crisis was over, Bill Clinton visited Rwanda to say a few words and left the very same day. Would not live side by side in peace. Most of them are malnourished and have lost virtually everything. Yet, they are Rwanda's lucky ones. At least, they're alive. The Rwandan genocide marked a critical failure on the part of the entire Western, quote-unquote, developed world to take a stand against violence. The U.S. doesn't teach its youth about Rwanda, and many still don't know about this horrific period in world history. Only through college courses, films such as Hotel Rwanda, or Carl Wilkins' book, I'm Not Leaving, have recent generations learned about Rwanda. So the question boils down to this. Why are these large-scale conflicts that occur in quote-unquote third-world countries not receiving the same treatment as a conflict like the war in Ukraine? And the answer is already in front of us, because these conflicts aren't occurring in areas with blue-eyed, blonde-haired, and white-skinned people. Racism is the primary culprit in determining the factor for limited coverage of world events. We see racism every day, whether it be in the media, in entertainment, or on the news. The system by which our country operates is entirely rooted within a racist, classist hierarchy in which white people benefit the most. These are facts. If you don't believe me, go ahead and read Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3 of the United States Constitution. Racism is everywhere, and as sad as it is to say, I doubt it's going anywhere. The best we can do is to identify it when it occurs and react accordingly, and not always punitively. By educating people on their behavior, we can work to foster a future that sees racism on the decline. The same goes for our world leaders and sources of news. Real people exist behind these positions, and if they can cover Ukraine this thoroughly, they can work harder to cover atrocities across the globe. If we hold them to a true gold standard of unbiased commitment to fair and equal coverage and education, maybe we can catch and stop violence before it turns into genocide. We arrived at Cousin Seru at 12 in the morning. By that time, they had already taken out more than 150 corpses. How many bodies have you been collecting? Uh, so far, we have collected about 2,000 bodies for the last uh, five days. And how do you feel about doing this? Well, I feel bad. But uh, of course, uh, I have to do it, uh, since uh, we don't want these bodies to keep on plotting in uh, our lake. 